task that I have chosen is specific. It's to do some specific things. It's not just to make us hungry. It's not just to cause us to deny ourselves some, some pleasures or whatever that is. There's a point to it. There's a, there's a force behind it. So he's, he goes on and he says, Is this not the fast that I've chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness. And see, we need to look at this. We need to consider this. God, what can I see you breaking loose in, in my family, in my loved ones, in, in my world? To, to loose the bonds of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. That you break every yoke. And I believe that's what God uh, is doing uh, in this week, in these weeks as we fast and we pray. I'm expecting this week to be some major changes and some major breakthroughs, some major turnarounds. But by the end of this fast, I'm believing that God is going to, we're going to have some stories, some testimonies. There have been times that I've fasted, and I think I've mentioned this maybe last week, and pretty much I, I fasted, but I didn't really take the time to pray. I was so focused on making sure I didn't eat nothing. You know? I just sit around, like on my lunch hour, I'd go drive around and think about how hungry I was. And, and really, the point of fasting is, is we're denying ourselves, and now God, speak to me, speak through me, pray uh, as I pray, use my words, because, you know, we, we weaken our flesh. We weaken our flesh whenever we deny it its pleasures and whatever it wants. And then, of course, the last verse, I don't even think we got to this last week, but I want to mention it. This is 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. And part of 17. And this is what he says. By this we know. By this we know love. By this. Because he laid down his life for us. We ought also to lay down our lives for others. You know, that's really, you know, and when we look at that verse, when we consider that verse, I think maybe what might happen is we might be thinking, I don't know how to lay down my life. That's what fasting is. We're laying down our lives for others, or we're just going hungry. But if we basically can connect something to this time, to these days of fasting, I'm laying down my life and I'm fasting for those people on, on my list, or those people that I'm specifically praying for. Now this morning, I wanted to take just a minute uh, before we move too far forward here, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know exactly how things are progressing in the area of uh, you know, all of this, these viruses that are going on. I mean, I know that, you know, there's a lot of people sick here with flus and colds, and this cold is not just a normal cold. This is a devil cold, man. I mean, they're all devil colds, but this one is something that just does not let go. And uh, I wanted to take uh, just a second this morning and pray over that. But also, you know, the, the first time I ever even heard the word Wuhan was in 1998. And that's where we were when we were carrying Bibles across from Hong Kong to China. And it was myself and, I don't Dana and Shelly was with us. And golly, I don't remember all who was there. Linda Satira, uh, Mary Keller, some uh, Karen Andrews, Carl Siegfried, and Bill Brockway, yeah. Well, when we went on into Wuhan, yeah, Bill and Barb, we went on into Wuhan. Uh, it was like a, a nine-hour trip. Uh, through China, and uh, we carried all these Bibles, and it was like the most one of the most unhinging things I've ever done in my life. 
uh, because first of all, I was I was I was a scared. <laughs> I was just it was just uh, it was so much pressure, and I remember when we got there. Of course, uh, we had been told that we'd been spotted and people were watching us and all blah blah blah. But when we got there and we actually jumped off of the train. Now Wuhan's not like a little two pony, you know, town. This is a huge, huge, huge uh, city and uh, metropolis. And I remember when we got off and we, we got off a stop early because we knew we were told that the police were waiting at the end. You do not want to be nine hours in China and have the police waiting for you when you get off the train. But anyway, we got off and we took off and we got in where we were supposed to go and uh, they took the Bibles away from us because they caught us anyway and blah, 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 all this. It was not a fun time in, in the natural, but it's a great story to tell now. But the truth of the matter is, is Wuhan is hurting right now. China's hurting right now. And I'm not just like, well, if they could just keep it in China, we'd all be okay. We need to pray for the Chinese people. We need to take a minute and pray for them this morning. And I think even including in, in, in this fast, I believe there's more power. I mean, I know I've said that this morning so many times, but I believe there's just more power. It's intensified when we fast. And so this morning, let's take a minute and let's, fast, let's pray as, as we're fasting. Let's pray for what's going on there. Let's pray for our families, specifically uh, all this junk that's floating around. So we'll just take a break in the action just a second and let's pray again because I just feel like we need to do that. Father, I do thank you this morning. I thank you for what's going on, uh, Lord, in the earth by your spirit. Lord, that you are extending your love. You're extending your power. You're touching people, God, in other countries. We pray for the, for, for the Chinese people. We pray for those in that city of Wuhan, Lord. Uh, Lord, all those uh, literally hundreds and thousands and literally millions of people that live there. And God, those that have already been exposed to this virus, to this sickness, Lord, I declare in Jesus' name, we declare in Jesus' name that you said that when the enemy would rise up, uh, Lord, that you would raise up a standard. You'd raise up a, a, a standard against and you'd push it back, Lord. And so, God, I thank you that you sent your word to heal. And, Lord, you're causing, Lord, there, there are Christians in that city. There are Christians in that community, in that, in that nation, Lord. God, we stand with them, Lord, and we pray for the, for the nation of China, God, for those people, God, that are just subject, uh, Lord, to such, to such uh, uh, terrible conditions, Lord, in the natural and then when the enemy comes in like this, Lord, they feel so undone apart from you. And so, God, I thank you. I thank you, Father. We thank you today that you're touching them. That, God, that you are causing, a, a Lord, a cure, Lord, a, a, an inoculation, whatever it is that needs to happen. But, Lord, we thank you for a miracle that's taking place there and for our families again. Lord, we pray for them, God. We pray, God, that the power of this, of this, this junk that's floating around is broken. And this would be a great week in Jesus' name as we move forward. Amen. Amen. I think the way we lay down our lives for others is we go to the Lord in prayer for them. We don't just go, up. Oh, you know, I went through it. Everybody's got to go through it, I guess. So, you know, good luck. Man, no, no, no. We, we, we position ourselves. How we lay our lives down is we take time out of our schedule as we are fasting. And we name them up. And we pray for them. And let me tell you, there was a, a verse that I had written down. I didn't, I didn't caught, finished writing it down on, on these notes. But Galatians 6, verse 9, it says, Don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't grow weary. 
Don't get tired. Oh, I've prayed for that person so many times. I prayed for that situation. Oh, there's so many people. If I spent time praying for everybody but sick, I wouldn't do anything but pray all day long. Doesn't sound like a bad plan. Because you don't have to be on your knees as you pray. You pray as you go. You pray as you go, and our life becomes like a prayer as we're fasting. And the Lord brings things to us, and we name them up. And whether we realize it or not, God is looking for people, and I believe he's found a people right here in this church that will stand in the gap and pray. Do not underestimate the power of prayer. Do not underestimate the power of your prayers. See, it's easy for me to believe that God will use Judy Campbell's prayers, but I don't know if he'll use mine. Of course he will. Of course he will, because God's not looking for someone that's, that's uh, you know, got it all together like Judy. <laughs> He's looking for someone who's, who's available and willing, and that's who we are. Okay, let me just jump here into uh, 2 Kings chapter 5, and I want to talk just a little bit. Uh, the thought came to me uh, this last couple of days. Uh, it, was, it was about Naaman and about how that uh, Naaman had an expectation. I think sometimes we have an expectation of how things are going to go. When I started fasting, you know what I expected? I expected this just to be a, a week of, man, man, I ended up flat on my back on Tuesday night. Didn't really get out of bed until sometime Thursday, and I kind of you know, staggered through the next couple of days. But you know what? I did my best to keep on fasting. Because the thing is, is I know the enemy wants to turn everything against us so we will let go. You've heard the story of the monkey, you know, that tries to reach into the bottle and get the uh, banana out of the bottle. The bottle neck's about this big. He reaches in, and of course, he can't get it out because he's got a fist on the banana, and he won't let go. And, and so they just come and throw a net on him, under him or over him and catch him because he won't let go of the banana. Here's the thing. Let's not let go of the banana because God's going to protect us. Even though we might feel like we're under attack in so many different areas, that things aren't happening, let's not let go. Let's stay the course. Let's not have expectations that, oh, if this week was bad, next week's going to be even worse. Nope. Breakthrough is coming. Breakthrough is on the way. Let me read through this. This is actually uh, chapter 5. I'm going to read 1 through 14. 1 through 14. It says, The king of Aram which was actually Syria, it's our modern-day Syria now, had uh, a great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because uh, uh, through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman uh, was a great warrior, he suffered with leprosy. Even people that do great things struggle with things. He says, at this time, Aram... Uh, raiders had in, invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives was a young girl who had been given uh, to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day, the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master, talking about the guy that, the people that captured him, I wish that my master would go see the prophet in Samaria. I, uh, he would heal him of his leprosy. That was the desire of this woman who was in bondage. She was in a place she didn't want to be, but still God gave her a heart to care for the people that she was living among. And, and she basically verbalized that. It's like, you know, that was her captor. Now, I'm not, they were probably being pretty good to her. Sounds like they were. But the truth of the matter is she wasn't free. She was living in this house, but she saw the need going on in his life. And so it goes on and says... Um, uh, verse 4, it says, So Naaman told the king what the young girl 
uh, of Israel had said, go visit the prophet the king of Aram told her, and I will send a letter of introduction to, uh, to you to take uh, to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying 750 pounds of silver. He was going to buy his healing. 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, 10 sets of clothing. Uh, the letter to the king of Israel said, With this letter I present my servant Naaman. I, will, I want you to heal him of his leprosy. You ever felt that way? People come and they say, I, I hear that you're a Christian. You believe, yes, well, go ahead, do something in my life. And it's like we feel overwhelmed. It's like, what are you, what are you talking about? It's not, I'm not the healer. I'm not the one. But you see, sometimes the Lord puts people in our lives and in situations in our lives where he wants us just to be a vessel. Do you see yourself as being a vessel or do you see yourself as just being a guidepost that just points? I want us to see ourselves as a vessel that God would use us in whatever way he wants to use us rather than, hey... I don't know, man. Find somebody else, man. I'm, I'm fighting my own battle. So the king of Israel, he gets freaked out. And he says, he goes on and he says, uh, as he read the letter, he, when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, am I God that I can give life and take it away? What is this man at, why is this man asking me to heal someone with leprosy? I can see he's just trying to pick a fight with me. But then the man of God, Elisha, hears about it. Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, in dismay and he sent his message, this message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me, and he will learn there is, that there is a true prophet in Israel. Now, if you take time to read the backstory, and I'll pick it up there in just a second, but if you take time to read the backstories of what's going on here, uh, Aram, uh, Syria is really not friendly. They're not really, uh, they're not doing very well with Israel. They're, they're kind of, they're enemies. They don't really get along too well. And there was always a provocation, something, them trying to provoke one another. Things were always going on. So that's what the king of, he, he's looking like, hey, dude, you just want to start, start something up here. But listen, sometimes something, you feel like something's trying to get started up in you. And God's saying, let me show myself through you. Let me show the world through you who I am. If you will be a vessel that I can use, if you will be a person that I can allow, uh, that he can allow his power to flow through, in what way? Well, right now, I believe it's by us denying ourselves and laying down our lives for someone else. Nobody else sees it. Nobody sees what you're doing or what you're not doing. Nobody sees what your fasting looks like. Nobody sees your time of, of prayer. Nobody sees that unless you gather with a connect group, and that's great. But the truth of the matter is, is it's what we do in secret is what God wants to bring to the open. He wants to, to change things, and it's not to give me credit or to give me glory, to give us recognition. It's, he's looking for people that will be vessels that he can flow through. And so Elisha says, send him down to me. And I'm gonna, we'll show him. God will show him that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went down with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent his messenger out with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed. Thank you very much. Can I have another cup of coffee? He didn't get up and come out. It's just like he was like he knew who God was. 
And he knew that God had, had, had sent this man. He didn't know all the backstory, I'm sure. But he knew that when this guy showed up, basically, he was just looking, he was looking for something, and God had given, uh, given Elisha this, this word, okay? This willingness to say, look, I'll tell you what the Lord speaks to me. And so he sits there at his table, and he sends his servant uh, out to talk to him and told him, just go dip seven times in the Jordan. And so Naaman probably looks at this servant, probably looks at the 750 pounds of silver and the 150 pounds of gold and all these clothes, and he's thinking, that's what I get for all this? That's what I get because, you see, we have a preconceived idea of how God's going to do things. And if he doesn't do it the way we think he's going to do it, then he's not doing it. A preconceived idea. Let me read on. Verse uh, 11, it says, But Naaman became angry and he stalked away. He got mad because, because he didn't do it like I wanted him to do it. Doesn't he know that I'm one of the greatest generals in, in, in uh, Samaria? I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a warrior. I've, I've won battles. And, and bottom line is, is, I'm more important than that. Don't just write me a prescription and hand it to me by one of your staff. Come out and talk to me. But, but, but Elisha did not do that. Elisha just sent the word out. He sent the word, this is what you need to do. So, so Naaman becomes angry. And he stalks away. And there's a couple of things he says here. I think we take note. We've talked about this before. He said, I thought. There's a problem right there. We got it figured out before anything ever happened. Though this is the way it's going to look. I thought that he would, it would certainly come out to meet me. Oh, you must be the great Naaman. Oh, let me shake your leprous hand. I thought he was going to come out and he was going to basically uh, be so happy to meet me because I've come all the way from Syria. And see, you can put this in your own vernacular, in your own situation of, listen, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to go in and basically the trumpet's going to blow and people are going to get excited and people are going to swing the chicken and they're going to rub the oil all over my head and I'm going to fall out and shake and quake and I'm going to get up and it's all going to be better. Or not. Or not. Maybe the Lord's going to tell you, I just want you to fast. Yeah, but, but you know, God, I, but, I, but I, need, I need to like go up on, I need to go up on telegraph and, 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 and declare over the city that my problems are broken. Or maybe you just need to fast. Or maybe you just need to deny yourself whatever this is for this next season and say, God, uh, I'm believing for my loved ones, for my family, for my life. For, for my city, for my nation. I'm, I'm believing for this. But like Naaman here, I thought. He had a preconceived idea of what it was going to look like. The reason I say, I ask people to write down names on a piece of paper and don't put a plan of attack down. Because I don't think God's asking us to think about what it's going to look like. I just think he wants us to name them. Tom, who would you put in my hands? Because already we can say, well, they're already in his hands. God's looking for a person to put people and loved ones and situations in his hands. Because you see, if it's all in his hands, then we don't even need to pray, right? God wants us to put loved ones and situations and circumstances in his hands. And if we will do that and then step away and wait to see, Lord, what do you want me to do? Tom, I want you to fast. Yeah, well, what's good's that going to do in that situation? 
Come, I just want you to fast. I want you to, to deny yourself and let me work. Naaman says, I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. And then he said, I expected. He had expectations. And it's got to look, I thought he was going to do this, but he didn't. But look, I expected him to come out and to wave his hand over the leprosy and to call in the name of the Lord his God and heal me. But he didn't. I thought I was going to go in and they were going to tell me this. I thought I was going to go in and this is the way it was going to go, but it didn't go that way. So let's step back and let's say, God, I put it in your hands. And now I'm going to do, Lord, what do you want me to do for this season? I want you to fast, Tom. What good's that going to do in this? It's about my money, Lord. It's about my kids, Lord. It's about my, my family, Lord. It's about, it's about what it's this day. It's what good is fasting going to do? In a sense, it's showing God, I let it go, and I'm going to deny myself anything in this particular area for this season, for this time. And God, I trust you. I trust you. He says, I thought I expected, he said, and then he goes on and he begins to, 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 to compare. Well, look, I come from Syria, man. There's some awesome rivers there. It's not like this muddy Jordan River down here. Man, I come from, from, from the, uh, the rivers of Damascus, the, the Abana and the, the, the Farpar uh, are much better rivers uh, than any of the rivers in Israel. Why shouldn't I just go wash there and be healed? There's way better doctors over there. There's way better treatment up there. There's way better. And listen, I am not against getting a second opinion and having good doctors. I'm not. But I'm saying this. When we put stuff in God's hands and he tells us to step back, I believe he will direct us how we're supposed to move forward. I believe he'll give us, he'll order our steps. Here's the biggest problem in my, in my feeling about a lot of stuff is that we don't hear God. We just think and we expect. I think it's going to go like this. I think it ought to happen like this. Let me just think about it. Hmm, let me get my big brain brewing here. Smoke's boiling out here. Let me think about it. Or let me just sit over here and say, well, I expect this because I'm a Christian. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man of God. And I, I've served Jesus for 40 some odd years. And, 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 listen, I, and listen, I tithe and I give. And I, listen, I've done some good things. And I, man, I have perfect attention since Sunday school. And, and I've been to church five times this year. And, and listen, I'm telling you, I expect I think when we, when we move into the I think and I expect mode, we cut God out of it. Verse 13. But his officer, his officers tried to reason with him. Dude, lighten up. Come on, man. Take it easy. Didn't you come? He says, sir, if the prophet had told you to do something. Everybody say do something. We want to determine what the something is that's got to be done. We do. Well, this is what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. And the Lord says, no, I just want you to, at this point, at this season, in, 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 in the life of this church anyway, God's saying, here's what I want you to do. I want you fast. Well, yeah, Lord, that's good. But, you know, I think maybe what I need to do is I need to, to go canvas the neighborhood. If you want to do that, that's all good. But the one thing that when he tells us to do something specific and we go, yeah, that's good for you, but I got a better idea. And the prophet says, or the, 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 the 
officers here, they say, if he had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have gone and done it? You know what that does? That shows how powerful and strong and noble and, you know, how, how, who he really is. Look at him. He's going to dive off of the cliff and, and right into the water, and it's going to be wonderful. He's going to come up clean. No, just go down in there in that muddy Jordan River. Just kind of take about 21 days and step back and, and just fast and pray. And oh, I'm not feeling nothing. Oh, you mean you thought it was going to be different? Well, well I, I thought that things would have been different. Oh, you expected a real major breakthrough by today. It's day seven. Dude, what's going on? I'm just saying, let's not lose heart. I've talked to several people that are sitting right here this week about things going on in their lives. And the truth of the matter is, is think it not strange concerning the trials, the difficulties, the problems that are coming. You know why? Because the devil is mad. And he wants to cause us to let go. He wants to stomp your fingers off of the promises of God. He wants to stomp your hands so that you will let go of the expectation of God not I expect you to do this, but I expect that God's going to do whatever he wants to do the way he wants to do it. And I'm going to do this, and he's going to take care of that. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to. See, when the enemy gets mad, he throws up on everything. Yeah? Stinks. It's miserable. But if we won't lose heart, if we don't live with, I thought, I thought it was going to be like this. Well, I was wrong. Maybe I need to stop thinking and just start praying, continue to pray. I don't know. I'm going to think on God's word. I'm going to think on God's promises, on God's faithfulness. Well, I expect, maybe I need to take my expectations of, of what I think it's going to look like. Well, here's what it's going to look like. And say, God, my expectations are in you because, God, your the way you do things are so much further up, above, so much higher than anything I can even imagine. God will exceed our expectations. But sometimes he says, all I want you to do is. Sometimes it's just so simple. It might be simple in the sense of, so what are you doing about this? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm fasting and praying. That's it? That's what he told me to do. Come on, man, we got to do something more than this. Well, no, I'm just going to do what he told me to do. Just go dip in that Jordan River. Go down there and dip seven times. One's bad enough. Come on, man. That is a muddy, uh, it's, it's, it's a swamp. It's not. But I'm just saying, his, in his mentality, the rivers in, in Syria were beautiful. They were clean. That was his imagination. That was his thought process. To go down into that, into that uh, Jordan River, it was just, he didn't want to do that. And I definitely don't want to dip seven times. If he would ask you to do something really difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply. Everybody say simply. Obedience is not easy to do, but it's simple to understand. It may take uh, 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 some, some, some determination because, see, I don't know that really that fasting in itself, I mean, it's a physical challenge for sure. It's a mental challenge for sure. But I think... The, the ability to, to fast and to pray and to not run ahead. I felt like the Lord told me 
last week when we started this, just when we started this fast, I feel like he told me all I, what I want you to do is exactly what I told you to do because I happen to be an extremist in a lot of things. And so it's like fast, okay, yeah. Till three, I think I'm just going to fast completely. And I felt like the Lord told me, why? I didn't tell you to do that. I told you to do, that, do it this way. He told me specifically to fast a certain way. And it's like, yeah, but what if I did more? Oh, I would accelerate the process, right? No. Because God can change anything in your life, in your family, in your loved ones that fast. God's more concerned about what's happening inside of us because if he can change us, he can change that stuff. If he can change us, he can change anything. And so God, it, when, I look at, when I look at God and I think, you know, I look at my life and I think, God, you've changed my life in this and you've changed my life like that and like this and like this. And it's like God says, yeah, but I want to change it more. God, you, look, look at me. I'm like perfect. We may not say that, but sometimes we think, look where I was, but look where I am. But God's saying, but I don't see where I want you to be. God can change the circumstances that we cry out to him about. He can change that anytime. He's wanting to work in us so he can work through us. In us so he can work through us. And so let's finish this story. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child and he was healed. That's such a painful story in a lot of respects because I can relate to it. I can so relate to that story. I think God tells us certain things in our life, how he wants us to go about stuff. And instead of me just being obedient. You know, I remember being a kid and, and having my mom tell me to do something. And it's like, yeah, I'll do that later. Or I'll do it my way. Or I'll fake you out and make you think I did it. But she always knew. And it never worked out well until I got mad. And my veins are popping out of my neck. And I'm, you know, and my ears are burning. You know what I'm talking about. Because I'm sure every one of us have had an experience like this. I want to do it my way or I don't want to do it at all. Or I don't think it's as important as that. All I want is this or this. But you know what? When we get instructions, obedience is the one thing. I can so relate to this story. Because God's not trying to tell us something that's really hard. He's trying to tell us something that's really we're able to do. And if we'll just be obedient, not run ahead, not lag behind, just stay in step. Just stay in step. I just do what you asked me to do. Well, what if I fail? I get up. See, there may be people here, and maybe you have, uh, maybe this week has been a, it didn't work out so good for you. Well, instead of just going, I blew it, I guess I'll try it for next year. No, start tomorrow. Do it again. Let's do this together. Let's continue to fast and pray together because I'm praying for you and your loved ones and your family members and your situations because that's what we're doing in our connect groups. We get together and we pray. We pray for, for uh, we don't, not the whole time necessarily. Now, Monday night, we do gather on Monday night. We come in here and we pray. We get, uh, actually, I was here last Monday night and we, this is what we did this past week anyway. We got together and we prayed, prayed for loved ones, prayed for each other, prayed for situations in our lives. And then, of course, every connect group, I'm, I'm asking folks to do that. And I'm doing it in the morning when I wake up. And if you're doing that in the mornings or the evenings or whenever you pray, let me tell you what's happening. A lot. A lot. A lot. 
I think the key, one of the keys, two keys here real quick, is number one, we have to hear God's voice. I don't get to make something up and say it was God's voice. God told me to go on a chocolate milkshake fast. Now, here's the deal. I heard somebody did that one time, and it's whatever. It's what they did, and it's all good. But I'm just saying, I don't get to make something up. It's, you know, uh, this is what, uh, okay, God, this is what it's going to be. I think God speaks to us about specifically what he wants us to do, to do. And obviously, this is a corporate fast. I believe God's spoken to me and to, to the leadership here. And so that's what we're doing this. I'm just asking you to join us. But as far as anything else we do, you know what? I don't get to just take something and say, well, this is going to be, I say this is from the Lord. I declare this is from the Lord. God speaks to us or he doesn't. We need to be able to hear the voice of God. Just hear the voice, voice of God. And the second thing is, is to do it. Not just hearing God's voice doesn't, that doesn't qualify as obedience. Hearing it and doing it and continuing to do it and to stay the course and to honor God in all we do, that's really what makes a difference. I think we have to move against, I thought. Well, I thought God was going to do this. I thought it was going to look like that. Well, I expected, I expected this to happen. I expected by now that we got to move away from that and we got to take the advice of that, of that officer that gave to Naaman. Why don't you just do what he told you to do? Let's just do what he told us to do. Amen.